right, week number two of 2022, we're going to continue our conversation on ordering our households well. Welcome to the Imparting Podcast. We have with us today Aaron Hicks, Chris Mordecai, and Martin Manchego de la Mancha. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) The Peruvian wonder. Uh, What I'd like to do in this podcast is build upon the last one and get into practicals. Now, to be clear, not all of these are thus saith the Lord, but don't just discount them because you haven't heard it before, you don't like it, because I'm I'm pressing these guys and they have done an outstanding job in applying the gospel truths. So not every situation may look the same, but I would say most of these that I've heard them talk about are direct gospel applications on what it means to order your own household well. So, uh, where are we going to start? I would like to uh, put as basis for this um, the example that you are first as a as a father in the home, as a husband. You cannot demand your your kids to do something or your wife to do something, and or, or expect for them to do something if you are not being the example of that attitude. You know. Or you cannot demand from them or expect from them to do something you have not taught before. You're not talking to them. And I think uh, <clears throat> that's how um, every, every father or men of, men of a Christian home should, should begin. Am I being an example of these that I'm expecting from my kids and from my wife? Okay, so can I just go ahead and beat the quiet time dead horse again? Because I, I really think this is so essential. Um, even if you and your family are faithful church members uh, that attend service weekly and have covenanted with the body, you will not grow apart from self-feeding. So dads, you cannot expect your, your wife, your children to grow spiritually if they're not spending time in the Word, and you cannot expect them to spend time in the Word if you're not faithfully having a quiet time. Amen. Is that your 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 family needs to see you work hard? Um, they need to respect you because you work hard. So not only uh, outside the home, going out and earning money, but they need to see you as a hard, a spiritual worker, yeah. uh, a man who studies scripture, a man who ministers to people, um, who does not miss. Right. You know. In the same way, we all the guys I know would not miss work for a, a Mickey Mouse excuse. We we don't miss quiet times. In we the don't. in the case of uh, to do your devotion time, in the family aspects, a father cannot hide in his room, in his bed, and and do his devotional time, uh, and think that that is a humble place to do it. If your kids cannot see you doing it, they won't be inspired to do it. If there is one place that you can show your devotion and and show your uh, faithfulness to God intentionally and do it right, it's not the corner of the streets like the Pharisees, but it's the house where your kids can see you, how you pray, how you're studying, how you're doing a devotional, and how you're uh, talking to everybody of, of uh, about the Bible. I would agree with that. That's a, that's a good application. If it is possible, um, I think it's really important for the kids to walk through the living room or, or by your study or whatever in the morning and see you with your Bible open. Yeah. Uh, I remember growing up, my dad became a believer 
when I was young, he was 29 years old. And I remember distinctly, you know, for whatever reason, walking through the living room at, at 6 a.m. And, and he's, he's sitting there in his robe with his Bible open on his lap. This is a man who grew up um, as a cradle Catholic, um, never cracked his Bible. No one ever taught him the word of God. He became a believer and he was just pouring over it as an adult in all humility, trying to learn God's word. Yeah, I think our kids watch us and they know more about our schedules than we think that they know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it says a lot when you have a dad who is, uh, maybe he's a, a teacher in the church and his kids know that my dad on Saturdays doesn't have many hobbies. And even when he's sick sometimes, he's upstairs in the, in the study typing away because he's preparing for equipping hour the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that men can't have hobbies, but I, I would venture to say that mature Christians probably don't have that many. Yeah, as many. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so they, they watch you. Your kids so watch here's you. another one. Just attach prayer to it. Dads, have your kids um, walked into your bedroom and ever caught you on your knees? Um, do your kids hear you pray other than meals? Hopefully they hear you at least at meals, but do they hear you pray other than meals? Uh, a habit we got into years ago was every time we would get in the car to go to church, uh, after we would count off the kids to make sure I didn't leave one because I had the habit of doing that, mm-hmm. um, dad would pray. He'd pray for the day. You know, th- these things aren't meant to shame anyone. Okay. But there is no, uh, there is no cajoling or, or, or soft selling or you're gradually will kind of do this over time. No, you got to commit to do it. And you got to, like Chris said, you got to grind away at doing it until it becomes so much of a habit that it's like, if I don't have my morning coffee, uh, I don't function so well. If I don't have my morning quiet time, yeah. 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 So, I mean, I hear us saying that uh, the man has to lead us as the example, yeah. as a head of the household. Yeah. Right? So, Chris, segue to that. Tell us, uh, I remember years ago, uh, you and I had a conversation about, you know what, and I really want uh, to encourage my wife to do the same. And we were talking about the various ways that we had worked to encourage our wives to uh, to make quiet time. And I thought you you came up, I don't remember the, the details of it, but you came up with some great ideas, practical ideas on how to do that. Do you remember that? Yeah, you're asking me to recall history, which I'm not good at, but uh, <laughs> this one particular. Um, yeah, we started we started getting up together. Yeah. So um, I just realized we, we, we always go to bed together at the same time. Um, but, uh, she was getting more sleep than I was. <laughs> that wasn't the driver, but, um, yeah, started, uh, my alarm went off. I'd roll over, wake her up, go make some coffee. Right. I'd even pour the coffee, yeah. you know, pour in the creamer, mix it up, bring it to her say, all right, let's, let's go. And we would start our day together. Yeah. So that's just one practical. And you guys sit on like either end of the sofa. Right? Yeah. Or, Something uh, like yeah. That. In, in the, uh, what used to be a dining room, took yeah. table out, put chairs in there. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I could be in one chair. She could be in the other. And quiet time in the same room. I tell you, our, our hearts, Joy, uh, Joy's heart, my heart, are so knit together in just being in proximity to one another, even for a short quiet time in the morning. I don't know what it is, but I just feel like uh, I look at her. She is more attractive to me because I know I'm not the most important person in her life. Mm-hmm. That yeah. she's putting God first. Yeah. So I, I think 
Mm-hmm. You know, if you've been listening to us uh, for a while, you'll hear us say some heavy, strong things. But but we want the practical, the uh, the experiential to come right alongside it. You know, we don't want them to be fiat. Like, yeah, we got it. We don't have it together. My goodness. Um, I, I, I'm so encouraged at learning from our interns on basic spiritual disciplines that I have uh, missed out on and said, oh, I could do that better. How do you do this? And then having them share the practicals with me. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Israel, who is being our producer today, sitting, sitting over there, Israel has his sister living with him from the Congo. And um, he has shared with us recently how, you know, bringing your adult sister over to go to school uh, is going to have challenges. But he has taken the role of a father who has managed his own household well mm-hmm. and uh, had conversations that have greatly encouraged me. I'm thinking, if he's able to have that conversation with his sister, I should be able to have that conversation with my son, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So be encouraged to through this. Yeah. I want to share an experience that happened to us. Uh, first years married, we were kind of um, embarrassed about seeing each other on quiet time. Um, sometimes you were uh, using the children's Bible. (coughs) (laughs) You know, it was weird. And we had to have this, we have to have this conversation and say, um, are you, it's like, uh, oh, you're seeing me crying. I'm I'm praying on my knees. I'm giving, you know, this moment of, of devotion of trusting in the Lord. And whenever someone came into the room, it's like, oh, uh, amen. And it was just wanted to finish. And I, I don't know what it was. Um, it must be maybe that we were um, so afraid about looking too spiritual in front of other people because of what we read of the, about the the Pharisees and all that. And then we talk and we said, "Hey, that that's that's okay. I think I think it is something. Even is something that we should do. We it, it must be something common in our house to see some uh, some of us saying like, you know, I'm gonna pray now and uh, just just keep it quiet at home." Then. You know, and um, since we did the, had that conversation, it, it, it has been more common for us to, you know, I just go to the room and I know she's praying and just sit next to her sometimes and just continue praying with her, you know, or. You you were uh, not wanting to be vulnerable <laughs> with your wife. You didn't want them to see your vulnerability. It, it might be that also. Uh, um, it might be that also, like, you know, I don't want to show her that I'm, I'm a. Uh, I'm having a, a hard time. Right. You know? Didn't want to exemplify any weakness, perhaps. Yes, yes. It, it might be that also, uh, some kind of that. And uh, we had we had the conversation of maybe six years ago, and uh, and that helped us a lot to, yeah. to just be open, you know? This is me. This is you. What yeah. we're really talking about is, is not just feeding our minds truth and information, but it's, it's feeding our souls, it's, it's shepherding our hearts, our heart's attitude so that we can do the work for which he has left us here. And so therefore ordering our own households well starts with leading by example. And then I would say secondly is then, then living that example with the right spiritual attitude, which, Hey, you know, if we're, we're to be transparent here is really, really a challenge with, Mm -hmm. uh, in the privacy of your own home, your family and your kids know who you are better than anyone. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it is, it is discipline, 
disciplining our mind, our words, letting no unwholesome word proceed from our mouth. Really, I, I would say even more practical, keeping short accounts, repenting when you when you snap at your wife or when you're unfair to your children. And there's a lot of repenting that goes on here. <laughs> um, but this brings up the second subject is is in in ordering our own household well, um, how important are attitudes and responses? We started talking about that the last episode, but I think we want to get into specifics because um, I think we have a tendency in an effort to be compassionate, um, we become negligent when it comes to shepherding our mm-hmm. our family's attitudes, hard attitudes. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, I think we have to come to the realization we are commanded to be joyful in the Lord, to rejoice always. We have to be okay with the truth that not having a cheerful disposition on average is a sin of commission. It's not just a sin of omission, but we're actively sinning against the Lord. We're deliberately protesting pain yep. or potential pain, saying, I'm not happy with what I got or I didn't get what I want. Exactly. And so understanding that really changed the way that me and my wife discipline our kids. Uh, My oldest is, we'll say naturally, quote unquote, um, has a introverted, melancholy disposition. She always has her head in a book and she always appeared to be just a little bit grumpy in public. And we started to discipline for attitude. That may be a controversial statement, but when her attitude did not show cheer, um, that was being selfish on her part. And so not only were we disciplining for the things that she was doing, but the way that she was doing things. What did that look like? And so if we, uh, let's say that uh, there was an act of disobedience, and uh, most of the time the way I grew up is, if, if there's an act of directed disobedience, you would spank uh, as a consequence or a punishment. And whatever their attitude is, if, if you don't like it, you just send them back to the room and they can just <laughs> fight themselves in their own room, whatever it may be. Um, but the punishment or the discipline, I should say, requires not only the spanking, but a cheerful attitude after that discipline. Yeah, we have a tendency to become... Uh, functional legalists. Yeah. If you if you did what I asked you to do, you're rewarded. If you didn't, uh, then there will be consequences. But uh, but if you want to be angry or upset, that's kind of your business. I used to I used to have a a fellow elder that thought it was fine for his daughter to go to a room and um and and throw her temper tantrum as long as it wasn't in front of him. Yeah. And I thought, what Bible are you reading? Yeah. And and it's not only in official, we'll call it official disciplinary times when you're spanking your child. It's day to day. If you see, if I see my daughter walking around and she looks sour, I'll say, Hey, sweetie, let's smile. Get the frown off your face. And then you go back to Christians are joyful. This is why we're doing it. Um, And it doesn't mean that I'm spanking her all day long because she doesn't (laughs) have a smile on her face. It means that I'm constantly striving to not only preach the gospel, but to train my children to be joyful in the gospel, even if they're not Christians. Yeah. And so really is parenting prior to a regenerate heart. Is it a measure of behavior modification? 
Yeah. 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 It is. It's because, okay. Because. Measure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because that's that's all you can do at that point. You're yeah, not shepherding. Right. You're not actually shepherding their heart. But here's the grace in it all. Here's the common grace. When they become a believer, if God so chooses and ordains, there's less of that habitual sin to deal with in that particular mm-hmm. area. I, I, I'll give you an example. Uh, you all know Miles' daughter, Brittany, is just, she's a delight. She's cheerful. She's a Pollyanna. She was not always that way. She has my genes, my sin nature, and she would wake up in a bad mood. I mean, from the time she was a baby, she would wake up and she'd be crying and she'd be mopey. And and we thought, oh my goodness, what? If we have the most unhappy child, what are we going to do? And, uh, you know, we've all, we've all heard that, well, you need to go back to your room until you're ready. And it's like, no, we started spanking her and sending her back to her room and saying, now you're going to come downstairs with a smile on your face. And it, it helped break that bad habit. And when she became a believer, then it was the, truly the joy of the Lord that filled her heart. Yeah. You know, I would like to talk to the person that might be listening to this and thinking, why are you doing that? Let her alone. Let because her behave. Her. But let her do that. You are the same person that in, in the supermarket or, or in Walmart are crazy about that kid that is that is crying and making long, all the noise. And that's how it all, all started, you know? And, and you're the same person that is criticizing that father because his kid is making all this scandalous situation on the plane, you know? Nobody Meaning likes it, that. It starts in the heart. Yeah, it yeah. starts in the heart. Yeah. And, and, and if we do not work on that, it, then it's gonna, everybody's going to look selfish and your kids, as the proper says, is going to embarrass you. Rod's pointing at me. What do you want me to say you, there, Rod? You were going to say you were going to jump in a minute ago. Oh, I was going to jump in. Aaron talking about uh, making sure his his children are being joyful. Uh, I just want to remind him he does the same thing with me <laughs> at church. <laughs> <laughs> a few months ago, I was were you I was, moping? I was moping. I was tired, like legitimately, I was tired. But uh, Aaron did not see that as a valid excuse <laughs> for my countenance. And he told me, well, there's coffee for that. <laughs> Basically saying, hey, we're here to worship. Let's look like it. Yeah. We, we, yeah. we can choose to be joyful. Circumstances are real. Okay. Personalities are real. Uh, but we can choose to be joyful and we can choose to order our household in such a way where there is, uh, there is a good countenance. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't want to uh, make this personal but i had a ter- ter- a lot of terrible experiences when i was a kid you know and every time i share a little story or something that happened with my wife she's just crying and she cannot deal with it and then then she's like hey martin how are you joyful all the time you know and the thing is the lord saved me when i was 15 that changed everything changed you everything. know that changed everything and if we are christians and we cannot be saying, I mean, I have known a lot of people that come and tell me, you know, this is what my father did, this is what my mother did, and that's why I'm, I'm rebellious. And do not take that as an excuse to, to do that. If you know Christ, you have a new father, you have a new family. Well, think about it. You are forgiven. We are forgiven. Yeah. If you're a Christian, this is the worst you will ever know. This is the only hell you'll ever know. Yeah. If you're an unbeliever, this is the only heaven you'll ever know. I mean, and and to bring balance, this isn't. There's a saying: the beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> it's, it's not really what we're doing. Um, what we're doing is, in light of eternal consequences, we're teaching our children, we're teaching our wives 
to be joyful in what Scripture says is well. I think most. we're not feeding uh, an angry heart. Yeah, let's put it that way. We're, yeah. we're talking about correction here, but ultimately, what we're saying is we're not continuing to feed an angry heart. And when you, when we allow either ourselves, our, our wife, our children to brood then we're allowing the feeding of a bitter heart, which grows. Yeah. And so really what we're doing is we're trying to help people. And we have to start clarifying that the first thing we want to do is to take responsibility and be the example of, of, of that attitude. You know, we, we had problems also. I mean, we, we got some problems at work. We were things that are not working. We have uh, unexpected, uh, Payments to do some things like that. This is not the power of positive thinking. We're talking about. Yeah. And still you, you go home and you smile and you leave you home joyfully. Yeah, I think we're talking about the responsibility of the head of the household to set the atmosphere set of the, the home. Yeah. And so the atmosphere is yeah. part of the, the order of the home. Yeah. Um, you know, just like if it's cold in the house, you're going to go to the thermostat and adjust it. Right? If it's hot, you're going to turn it down. Um, when you see the attitudes of those in your household, we, we deliberately uh, engage those. Well, it, I think about athletics, um, you know, especially those of us with boys. Uh, invariably, there are periods when learning a sport where, you know, your, your kid's learning it and gets hurt and cries and wants to quit or, or gets, you know, crushed in a match or a game and doesn't want to do it anymore. And we're at a crossroads. Are we going to be their buddy or are we going to be, you know, their father? And are we going to put them back into the game? When they, you know, it's the old adage of, you know, you, you fall on a bike. Are you going to not ride a bike anymore? You have a scuffed knee, and we're going to put you back on, and we're going to do it immediately. We're not going to wait until you feel like it, because you'll never feel like it. Do you have time for a, a, a quick a- anecdote on that? Yeah, give it to us. Oh, man. Uh, so okay. this is this has become so common, uh, what you just described for my oldest son, uh, that dad does not give him a pass on anything. Dad continues to press him uh, to be a man. And uh, the other day, uh, we were going to go hunting, and my, my, my second oldest son, uh, expressed uh, that he did not have a desire to go because it was going to be too cold. And I gave him a pass on that. And my oldest son calls me out on it. He's like, Dad, I can't understand why you're not <laughs> pressing him to go and just bear the cold. And so uh, it's, it's pretty funny that uh, he's now <laughs> seeing um, that there's, there's, a, there's a high um, high expectation. Yeah. And, uh, Dad, I'm, I'm not understanding why you were uh, being... Um, I'm not sure how you categorized it, but unfair, it, I think. It's so true, though. And it, it, it's hard in the moment. It's hard for us as yes. dads. You don't want to hear and see your child cry. The, the big joke when we go out, you know, water skiing is every time we go out, the kids all jokingly mock dad like, yeah, I remember we were learning. You know, dad's barking from the boat. Come on, we're going to try it again. Quit crying, you know. Put your knees up and, you know, do your best and, you know, and uh, we all went through the, the the process of the crying, and it was hard and everything else. But guess what? We have so much fun now when they get out, and they do things they could never do, where on their own they wouldn't have done it, and they would have had a sour attitude. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I think there's the, I think I'd like to state it this way. It's not, it's not creating fake hearts. That's not it. It's not creating fake attitudes. It's not allowing sin to be fed. And so let's let's transition this. We've we talked before about um, the Joshua twenty four fifteen principle, right? Yeah, and, and that's right. The, the uh, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And there mm-hmm. there is a principle there that uh, my dad used to say it this way: if you're going to put your 
feet under my table. I Meaning, if you're going to live with us, then then we want you to respect the uh, the direction we're going and the rules. So, how can we order our household well, and without being, you know, creating things by fiat and by decree, but explaining that you know um, this is the direction we're going? Mm-hmm. Ideas. I think first you cannot be afraid of retribution or consequences. You have to go into protecting. I like to be liked. Yes. That's really hard on me. Um, And if you're ruled by that, you're just going to manipulate the circumstances so that your household likes you. Um, And and you can't go too far with that again and, and rule by fiat, but you have to do what you know is right and faithful and trust the Lord for the outcomes mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of times in family circumstances, when you draw lines and say, I will honor the Lord here, it's painful and sinners are sinners. And so I think it starts with the the concept. I'm going to be faithful and I, and I know there probably will be consequences, but I'm going to continue to pursue this person to come with me, but I'm not going to allow X sin in my household. And in the, in the, in the fruit, it's amazing to see whenever you do, you obey God on what he has sent. Yeah. You know, um, um, one of the funniest first experience we had with Barbara and the church, when she was called to take care of the kids, she came with his uh, protector for the back because she had back problems. And she thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to carry these kids and control them. I'm going to have to run and control these kids. I think she was wearing a football uniform. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then she goes out and she's like, hey, these kids are obedient. I can't believe it. Never been in a group with full of kids that are obeying to what we said, you know. On the other hand, we had, I remember we, we were in class, and, uh, and this professor will talk to us and say, uh, guys, I do not discipline my kids. I, I know the Bible can say some stuff like that, but, you know, I just love them. I cannot see them cry and more myself tell them the things that make them cry or correct them, you know? And, and everybody was like, oh, my gosh, that's so honorable, so nice, so so 11th commandment, be nice. And, um, <laughs> and then COVID comes. Okay, so he started his class in his house, and you, you can get what happened. We had to cancel the class. The kids were coming to the computer. It was, kids, please stop. I'm, I'm working. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the noise. Okay. Oh, they will touch the computer. They will change everything. They will come to him. They will ask questions while he's talking. They wouldn't obey him just by saying, hey, kids, I'm working. Could you be silent now? They, they didn't care about that. Okay. So you can and see and the As fruits. a result, he was choosing... He was choosing to honor his children over honor the Lord. I would even say he was choosing to honor himself because yeah. it's a comfort. It's thing. the most comfortable, and and it's it's and now it's the eleventh commandment. Just be nice. Yeah, be everybody nice. everybody loves that. You know. Yeah. Please tell me he was an Old Testament professor. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was not. He was not. Uh, well, good stuff, guys. Well, let's uh, let's continue this. I'd love to get into even more specifics uh, with uh, older children in the in uh, in the coming episodes. And how we might um, shepherd and direct. I, I think we've seen, just to kind of set some things up for the future, I think we've seen a lot of very, very faithful men uh, who've, uh, who have grown children who have not become believers. And it's hard to get our head around that because we're very formulaic in our thinking. We're very Western. 
And yet God doesn't have grandchildren. This doesn't mean that we do all this and therefore our kids will believe. Um, But there is a way that we order our household now while they're under our roof. And then there's also a way that we relate to them when they're not under our roof. Uh, And those those are some good conversations I'd like to have in the future. Martine, thank you for always organizing this, producing this, and uh, we look forward to... $100. Uh, $100? <laughs> no, you're cheap. <laughs> we look forward to being with everyone again next week. Okay, bye-bye. All right, bye.